Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Loners League podcast. This is your host, Wolfman27. And with me for the final episode of this season is our reigning champion, Fisher Sports. How are you doing today, Fisher? Hey, hey. I'm doing really well. Excited to uh, get into the new year. It is uh, it's now 2020. So this is the first podcast of 2020 that even I've recorded. Um, you know, as everybody probably knows, I have my own uh, podcast in another league. We haven't even recorded in 2020. So this is the first uh, documentation that I think I've made since uh, the new year came around. Happy to do it with you. And like you said, reigning champion. I I mean, I, I told you guys about it. I, I, I told you guys it was going to happen. You, Some of you didn't believe me, but here we are. Um, I'm happy. I didn't think I was going to win it. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, but yeah, here we are. I, I got the championship and I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked about it. So happy to be here. Yeah, it was a real close call. And uh, we even gave you a little bit longer of a break just to completely relish and reflect on the victory so we can completely break it down your whole emotional roller coaster you had and everything. Um, Before we get to that, though, just had some news regarding the league that I'm sure most of everyone listening has already followed up on. But uh, we did throughout the season have a large interest in a dynasty league or turning the current league into a dynasty format. I had pulled everyone, and we did still have some interest in keeping it a keeper league. So the solution that we reached was branching out into two leagues. That's right. The loners are expanding. So we will have the original OG league that this podcast will be for, where I am the commissioner. That'll be our regular keeper league. And I recruited J.M. Pincus to create the... Uh, side dynasty league for the fantasy loners. So anyone in our league that is interested in also joining the dynasty league, you can send JM Pincus a message, or I also have the link to the league pinned in the chat messages. And uh, regarding our keeper league, we will have at least one new member. Uh, We got confirmation that 404 found is definitely not returning, which we all kind of assumed. And taking his place will be Aaron T4, otherwise known as Diego, who is someone that Fisher Sports is actually very familiar with. Why don't you give us a little bit of background on him, Fisher? Yeah, so I want to start off by saying that I think that's going to be a lot of fun to have the two leagues. I think uh, J.M. Pincus is the perfect candidate to be uh, the commissioner of that league. I think he's going to do a great job. And uh, yeah, Diego's going to be joining us in both of those leagues. He's a guy that um, I've gotten to be really good friends with over the last few years. We live uh, not far from each other, so both both of us reside here in Arizona. We're both huge Cardinals fans. Um, I'm sure you'll see him uh, with plenty of Cardinals on his team. Might be a tough uh, tough task to get Kyler back on my team next year because of him. Hopefully not too bad, but um He's, again, like you said, in my other league uh, that I am the commissioner of. He's actually my co-commissioner. Yeah, he co-hosts a podcast with me pretty much every week um, like this one comes out. Just overall a great guy. I think he's going to fit into this league uh, big time. And um, he's been keeping up with it all season long. I think from week two on, I told him about it. And he's wanted to know every time that we he comes over to record the podcast, um, you know, what's been going on in our league and so he's he he kind of knows what's going on. He knows some of the people a little bit, um, but I'm sure he's just going to love being here, and we're going to love to have him here. So uh, he's definitely going to talk a lot of trash, and I'm going to talk a lot of trash back. But it's always in 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 good fun with him. 
Yeah, we're really excited to have him. Um, it's like hiring our biggest fan, making his dreams come true to join him into the family. Uh, we're going to keep a close eye on you guys, so no collusion between you two Cardinals fans. <laughs> but I'm just kidding. I know both of you guys are great players. I know that, if anything, you would be fighting to make each other lose rather than trying to help each other win. Exactly. I was assumption. just going to say that I... I... I think I'm more likely to collude with anybody else in the league but him. But um, no, but both of us uh, are big uh, fantasy football players. He's he's the commissioner of a league that's starting up next year as well. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, don't think you're going to have any problems with him. And, and I really stand by him. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he's, he's a great addition. He's going to fit right in. I was totally on board with your suggestion. So as soon as I found out we had an open spot, I made sure to extend the olive branch to him. And he's even joining in on the Dynasty League, too. So we'll get twice the Diego. So hopefully everyone's ready for him. (laughs) I might have four times the Diego. I don't know if I'm ready for that, but we'll see. (laughs) Thoughts and prayers with you. Yeah, exactly. And then regarding, so we're currently standing at, since I renewed the Keeper League, we have 11 out of 12 members. There's one uh, pending vacancy, which was Sam Fran's team. We're not going to get into it, but there was just a little bit of a dispute going on with Sam Fran over like the last week or so. I've reached out to him to see if he still wants to continue or tell me what's going on and if he wants to stay in the league or not. Uh, still haven't heard back from him. That's still for the time being up in the air, but it's trending towards possibly having another vacancy open. Uh, we do have someone on dock just in case he does not return. So shortly, sooner rather than later, we'll have a full league. And once that's done, we'll have all the rule p- proposals that anyone can come up with flying in. I'll start to take polls so we can get everything going. And then maybe we'll finally decide on a keeper deadline. Sounds good. Um, I like that. And uh, we will see if we end up changing the rule for next year about those first round keepers or not. If not, I'll keep Christian McCaffrey for another year. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why I said, um, I mentioned in the chat today in regards to that, I'll be at least proposing that rule for us to vote on. But even if we did pass that rule change, I'm not going to prevent anyone from not being able to keep their first round from last year, because that was the rule we voted into effect at that point. So we all have to deal with you having Christian McCaffrey for at least one more year. <laughs> well, I will do it gladly. And honestly, if that rule gets changed over, I completely understand. I'm not going to, you know, I might even vote for it just because I think that that might make things a little bit more fun. So I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. But uh, I, I would I think I'll expect that rule to be changed. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. So that's one of um, at least one rule change. I think Coy's earlier in the season wanted to vote on whether or not we should um have out players be allowed on the IR or just IR players totally open to voting on that as well or anything else that comes to mind. I did have kind of a smaller bench size with five players on the bench. I -hmm. think standard leagues will normally have six spots. Maybe we can increase that. Maybe people want to move away from the three wide receivers that have to start. So anything like that or any type of scoring change anyone's interested in, just shoot them my way. We'll pull everyone on it. Um, But that's all for the news section. So I just want to talk about the championship game where we had Fisher Sports versus our Australian friend, Phonet. And I just want you to reflect on this, Fisher. I want to hear your whole dramatic experience throughout. 
All right. Um, this was a, like you said earlier, man, a roller coaster. I did not think I was going to win. So to start off, um, I wanted to preface this. You have no idea how close I was to starting Ryan Fitzpatrick over Kyler Murray. <laughs> However, I told myself, I, like I was like putting him in my lineup and I told myself, I can't be the guy who hypes up Kyler Murray all season long and then puts him on my bench for the championship. So to stand by my word, I kept him in, and he looked really good, and, and he he ended up getting injured and having to go out and everything, and that was that was too bad. And as soon as that happened, I was like, "There's no way I can win this." Uh, you know, Connor had a terrible week. I should have just started Kenyon Drake. I didn't know how he was gonna do. I I should have put him in. Um, so you know, I had all these guys on my bench putting up 31, 32 fantasy points both. And, um, you know, watching them just go off while some of my guys that were actually playing were were really struggling. And, and same on Fonette's side. He had some guys that were really struggling, too. Some guys on his bench that, you know, played a lot better. Dion Lewis put up a bunch of points on his bench. So I think it was just a roller coaster for both of us. And it, at the end of the day, it came down to Mike Boone. And I think Mike Boone, if he got five or more points, maybe it was six, he would have won. Fonette would have won. And so that's like that's like one ten yard carry or something like that. So just one more carry that he would have had, um, and he would have ended up beating me. And so all the way up until the final moments, it was it was really close. It was crazy. I didn't think I was going to win, but at the end of the day, um, I pull away with a one thirteen to one eleven victory, and I really feel like I stole this one. <laughs> yeah, it really came down to the wire. Fonet was the the underdog going into it. You were projected to win by 20 points. And obviously way closer than that. Uh, like you mentioned, it kind of mirrored on each side where James Conner goes down with an injury and DJ Moore went down with an injury. Mm-hmm. What's funny is the difference between what James Conner and DJ Moore scored was actually the difference in what you won by pretty much. Yeah. Yep. So that's how close it came. I think everyone thought Mike Boone was a great play, and he showed it in Week 17 against the Bears. He like opened oh, yeah. the game with this huge oh, yeah. run, and that's what everyone is expecting because the Packers' defense is not good against the run. But it didn't happen. He could have gone with his good old faithful Montgomery. That would have won. Deion Lewis would have won. But close but no cigar, you're, uh, you would have won Worst Manager of the Week because of the Kenyon Drake and Ryan Fitzpatrick benchings. But it didn't matter. You were able to overcome that and take home the title behind Christian McCaffrey and his normal over 20-point performance. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was, it was well-deserved yeah, I mean, on either side. Crazy, crazy matchup. I don't, think it, I don't think it could have gone any other way, though. I think, um, you know, the two of us just being on the podcast the most and probably, you know, being two of the guys, other than you, of course, who were like, probably the most well-known by everybody in the league, just going at it and having it end up that close. I think it ended up perfectly. And even if I would have lost this game, it would have been fun to, you know, have this game and and just be, be crazy like that. So um, I'm happy with it. I'm looking forward to next season. I don't expect anything to change. I expect everything to be, you know, just as good as this season. Um, I expect to trade maybe even more this season. So we will see what happens, but um Excited to have McCaffrey back, and and uh, like I said, I earlier in the chat today, I had some decisions to make, but I'm thinking Kenyon Drake might be the guy. He's looked amazing, and I think the Cardinals are going to do everything they can in their power to re-sign him and 
uh, make him their number one. So we'll see what happens there. I, I might have to see what happens with the with the signing before I make my final decision. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for next season. Let's get this thing going. Yeah. Do you know offhand what place Kenyon Drake was drafted in? Because I'm pretty sure he was drafted by J.M. Pincus. It was the fifth round. I don't remember exactly where, but I, I looked at it earlier and it was in the fifth round. So it would be, I would not have a first or a fourth round draft pick. Which isn't bad because if he does get signed by the Cardinals and they don't bring in anyone else or draft anyone else, he's looked amazing in that offense. So yep. fourth round pick for a running back like that would be well worth it. That's what I'm thinking. I get my two running backs um, going, and then I've got the second and third round to maybe you know draft a couple of uh, of receivers and and get going on a good start. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like I, said, I still got a lot of decisions to make, as I'm sure everybody in the league does. So. Yeah, I was picking up those waivers at the end. I'll, I don't know. I might keep Goddard or Hawkinson, so I have a late tight end because they were both drafted really late. But um, we all know if you're following my transactions, I was playing for the now rather than the future, and it did not help me at all. So now I've got some uh, not as pretty keeper picks as everyone else does, like Adam Jeffrey with uh, Lamar Jackson. So, well, hey, we'll- at least you had Amari Cooper instead of Terry McLaurin, right? <sighs> yeah, that really came back to bite me, didn't it? Yeah, uh, Terry McLaurin would be great to have right now. I'd love to have him as a keeper <laughs> option. He would be for sure locked and loaded. And Amari uh, Cooper really fell off. Who knows? Maybe if you still had Amari Cooper, you wouldn't have won. Who knows? The world may never know. And we won't ever know. I mean, you could do some math, but you wouldn't necessarily have started him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I ended up getting Joe Mixon back, and he did okay. He didn't do great. So, you know, there would be a lot of calculations to do there. But um, true. for sure, Ed, hey, you, can't you, go through. you pushed my hand on that trade. I didn't want to make it. I really did. I pressured <laughs> you into it through the podcast, too. Yep. And uh, yep. like you mentioned, there seems to be a direct correlation with how often you appear on the podcast to how well you do in the league because you have by far appeared on the most. I want to say four or five times. I don't know like if this is your fourth or fifth. Uh, and uh, you won. And uh, Phonet was on three times, and he came in second. That's it. That's However, it. Adam Jeffrey did appear twice, and he did not come anywhere close <laughs> to third place. So, uh, <laughs> so maybe well, you, this is correct. You appeared on the podcast every single time, and you didn't do as well either. But I did end up making the playoffs with one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. So I think that That's was true. what contributed to my luck. That's so true. I think we do have some sort of correlation. And uh, Adam Jeffrey certainly scored the points. He just didn't have the the luck side of things to get the wins. Okay. It's like the opposite of the Madden curse. Pretty much, yeah. That makes sense. I think I think we're on to something here. Yeah, good to think about. For anyone that hasn't come on the podcast yet, there's your incentive. <laughs> you're having like three weeks in a row where you're just duds and, you, and, and you're losing and yeah, you need a little pick-me-up, come on the podcast and, and you'll win your next one for sure. Hey, I mean, look at Jambrosa, actually. He started out the season, um, well, he was like in the middle of the pack and he decided that he was going to tank, but he ended the season really strong after he came out on the podcast. <laughs> This is one heck of a like guerrilla marketing campaign for your podcast, isn't it? It really is. Well, I mean, I just wanted to like, kind of change up the guests, too. So just to get to know a little bit of people more. Like if we get Jam Pinkus on, now that he's a fellow commissioner of ours, 
That'd be cool. If we can get him on, he could even uh, bring up the Dynasty League and how that's going and everything. So maybe I'll try and convince him at some point (laughs) next season. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Well, that should do it for our 2019 season review. Um, Before we leave the 2019 season, you've already kind of given us your overall thoughts through the times that you've been on the podcast already. But... I'm wondering, what are you hoping happens next season in 2020? Oh, man. Next season, I think we're going to have a lot um, of good competition in the league. I think for me personally, um, I'm hoping that I can, you know, just just shore up my guys. Really, I'm not too worried about it again because I, I do make so many trades and I feel like I can do that. But. I think my biggest worry going into next season is just that it, nobody's going to want to trade with me. <laughs> but uh, um, after seeing what happened this year, but I'm also hoping that maybe uh, people take a little bit of uh, encouragement from this season and, and and start trading a lot more. Because I mean, just like the NFL, we all love it when when trades are going like crazy. So um, I'm hoping all of that happens. There's definitely some guys that I'm looking at already, as far as like even rookies that are coming into the NFL that I'm going to want. Um, like I said, I'm expecting that that rule to change next year, so I got to be looking uh, forward towards who my keepers are going to be uh, next season. So I'm I'm already looking far ahead, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. So, um, do you have anything that, that that you're hoping for other than probably a championship? But uh, anything other than that? Other than that, sorry. Um, mostly hoping for a team that doesn't underscore its projections by 20 points every week. That'd be a good start to maybe at least under 10 points projection because just the amount of massive disappointment every week was really obnoxious to deal with, really. But um, yeah, and maybe paying more attention to my keeper options throughout the year. Maybe I'll actually try drafting some late round rookies, especially if we do end up voting for more bench spots, which I think Mm. I'll, if no one else proposes it, I think I'll propose it since we are a keeper league that could encourage some more like stash picks Um, like AJ Brown or Debo Samuel. I know JD Gigi. I don't know if he ended up with either one of them, but he drafted both of them late. And he was forced into dropping at least A.J. Brown, I think. But um, those were great keeper picks at the time. So I'm going to think of that, use a little bit different strategy when I draft next season. And, um, yeah. I'll tell you what, on that same note, I think I'm going to call my shot early here. And this may may hurt me as far as fantasy football goes. But um, I want to draft the, uh, the Dolphins quarterback for next season. And his name's not going to be Tua. Um, I think that they're going to draft Jordan Love in the first round, not with their first pick, but in the first round. I think they're going to put him on the bench, let Ryan Fitzpatrick play, and I think he's going to be the best NFL quarterback in this draft after next season. That's my shot. You're going with Jordan Love. I have to write this down. Jordan Love, Utah State quarterback, the best NFL quarterback of the 2020 draft when it's all said and done. He's going to have a... He's not going to play his fresh or his his freshman year, his rookie year, very much at, at least. So uh, better than Burrow, you think? But year two, see, I love Burrow, and I think Burrow's like the guy you have to draft number one overall. He's he's by far in a way the best quarterback in college football. I just think that if anybody's going to have one of those second year breakouts like Lamar and Pat Mahomes, he's not really. He's more like Pat Mahomes than Lamar. Um, but uh, I think it's Jordan Love. I think that guy's he's he's got something special. 
Well, I have it written down so I won't forget it so there that I can uh, bring this up. This will be <laughs> this is actually a perfect segue because this will be the first of our 2020 hot takes. And I don't go. know if we'll have the actual results of this by the end of the 2020 season because this could be uh, a really a slow burn one. This is a 2021 hot take. That's right. <laughs> yeah, a 2021 hot take. We'll revisit it. I'll keep it on my phone until then so I can remember it. Um, but good. we did have a couple of our league mates making some hot takes prior to the 2019 season. Now only actually there's only two league mates that gave me official submissions and I did write them down and I wanted to take a look back and see how close they came. So I'm going to start off with Sam Franz three hot takes that he had and because he was a little bit further off than our other league mate, Adam okay. Jeffrey. So, I, I haven't and heard these, by the way. I, I, these are all brand new to me. So Right. So you're going to guess if they're right or wrong and how close. Okay. Some of these will be really easy. For okay. instance, San Fran's first hot take was that the Bucks would go 10-6 and six this season. <laughs> that yeah, right or I mean, wrong. Those, those 30 <laughs> interceptions would say otherwise. But 33 touchdown passes. But, yeah, um, mm-hmm. well. yeah resulted in 7-9 and nine records. So that was a no. Now, San Fran also said that the Packers' defense would finish as a top three defense. True or false? I believe false because I was kind of on the same page and I owned them pretty much everywhere. And they picked it up, I think, like in the latter half of the season. But uh, that first half wasn't so great. So I'm going to say false, but I don't know by how much. Uh, You would be correct. That was false. False. That ended up being wrong. Uh, Packers defense, the first couple games looked really good. Then they showed their true colors. And the last, well, against the Vikings, at least a couple weeks ago, showed up. But they finished in the NFL, number 18 overall total defense. And in fantasy, using our scoring, they were the number 16 fantasy defense with 108 points. Okay. So, see, so that rough. defensive line though, I think they're going to be better moving forward. Uh Savage looks great in the in the uh safety role and then um I'm a big Rashawn Gary fan. I think he's going to end up being really good. So, that defensive line as as they get a little bit older and maybe get some help at the linebacker position, I think they're going to be really good next year. So, um I would keep that take going. I don't think that he was super far off there, but it just didn't work out this season. Hope so. We saw some positive improvement, at least. Uh, yeah. It wasn't enough to shoot them up into top three, but uh, definitely better than we've seen in years past. And we've needed it since the offense has seemed to have taken a step back with Aaron Rodgers, at least. And uh, that kind of segues into his third hot take. Uh, so we had a couple homer picks here. He said, Alan Lazard or Jake Kumaro will finish as a wide receiver three or better. Now, he didn't specify wide receiver three for the Packers or wide receiver three for fantasy. So I'll ask you for both. Um, Do you think he finished as a wide receiver three or better for fantasy? I think, yes. I think Lazard did. I think Kumaro, I think he would have been like a mid-range wide receiver four maybe. Um, Everybody was talking about Allison and, and MVS and it ended up being Lazard. So I think Lazard definitely ended up as a wide receiver three and he's the wide receiver two for for the Packers. So that's right. So Lazard for the Packers would be the wide receiver too. I'm not really clear about Jake Kumaro on the Packers because wide receiver three is still the rotation of Allison It's probably Allison, but uh, Kumaro and MVS getting mixed in still. So Mm -hmm. right on that account, 
As far as fantasy is concerned, maybe in the latter half of the season, I didn't divide this up by weeks, but total on the season, he finished as the number 68 wide receiver for Lazard, which would make him, uh, that's based off of our league scoring. Okay. And that would make him a wide receiver six. Oh, dang. Kumaro was even further down. I didn't bother looking him up. Well, so, I was wrong there. He he definitely seemed, he had some weeks where he was definitely, I mean, wide receiver two, wide receiver bottom end, wide receiver one in a couple weeks. But um, I thought that would have jumped him up to be at least a wider, latter half wide receiver three, but I guess not. Yeah, maybe if we decreased the sample size a little bit more, it would have reflected that a little bit better because Lazard definitely picked it up towards the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, uh, I so, will say that he really didn't start off even in a playing role for the, like the first half of the season. Like so, I'm a practice squad, I think, for at least yeah, the first week. Yeah, so I'm sure that had something to do with it. That makes sense. I should have I should have thought more about that. But all right, now we know. All right. <laughs> yeah, so that was the closest San Fran got to getting anything right. Now, Adam Jeffrey, though, he was close on a lot of these. So I'd like to see what you think. So the first hot take Adam Jeffrey had was that Nick Chubb would lead the league in rushing yards on the season. I believe that's incorrect. That would be incorrect. He finished number two, though, behind Derrick Henry. He had 1,494 yards to Derrick Henry's 1,540 yards. Wow. Where is uh, Dalvin Cook on there? Do you know? I don't have the list in front of me anymore. I just okay. wrote down the number one and two. But <laughs> That's uh, right. I think I, Dalvin Cook's injury probably had something to do with that, too. Oh, that would make a lot of sense, yeah. Um, yeah, he was the number five, I think, uh, overall. So I don't know where that reigns as far as uh, rushing yards. But I'm actually surprised that Chubb is that high. It did, didn't really see like, seem like he was having that great of a season. But I guess you put those two together. And how about Derrick Henry, man? I'm... Derrick Henry continues to be the one guy in fantasy football that I just have just a sour taste in my mouth about because he beat me. So what happened was two years ago, he beat me with that 40-point game oh, no. in the yeah. playoffs. And, brutal. Uh, no one was and then playing he went on. that it, should have been it, playing. <laughs> no, exactly. And it was a guy who never set his lineup. And he, got, he somehow got into the playoffs, and then he beat me in the semifinals with that 40-point performance and ended up winning the league and he didn't even know that he had won the league and so that really made me upset that's Um, infuriating it was and so this season in my dynasty league i was going back and forth and i i was either going to draft Lindsay or henry and i you know what i should have done has been like well he burned me last year let's get him on my team this year but no instead i said screw derrick henry i'm going with philip Lindsay. so he's still he's still haunting me man it's 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 awful but uh yeah, yeah, Derrick Henry and me don't have the best of relationships, but he's he's great, and he had another great season this year. I got to apologize to him, too, because I think it was probably maybe one of the first podcasts you were on with me. You had asked me rest of season, Philip Lindsay or Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. and I went with Lindsay on that one, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just don't – I don't know if I – I guess I should trust him now after he's been consistent all season – I think it was Ryan Tannehill uh, taking over the offense, which I didn't foresee him doing as well as he has been doing. So it'll be interesting to see what pieces Tennessee retains next year. I'm sure they're going to try and keep Tannehill around. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think just those first few seasons of Derrick Henry where everyone kept saying, now's the time, now's the time just makes me doubt him still, but he had a great season. So, so then all things equal, um, you know, same coach, they stick with Tannehill. They re-signed Derrick Henry. 
Is he a top three running back next season? I think he should be. I don't know about top three. See, I'm top still three, hesitant to say five. top that's, three. That's the thing is, I don't want to say it either, but... I'd say he's a, an RB1. Yeah. Um, I would go that far. That's easy enough for me to do. I don't know about top three because I'm thinking of... Saquon was dealing with an ankle injury, you know, yep. him, Christian McCaffrey, then you got Dalvin Cook and Zeke. I mean, Zeke was a little bit lackluster this season, but... But new those coach, are still, he could be really good, so... Yeah, those are still guys I think I'd take over Derrick Henry, though. No, I, I feel the same way. It's just, I don't know, at some point, man, we we got to accept it and just be like Derrick Henry's a top three, top five running back in the league. But I don't know. I'm not quite ready to do it either. I'm kind of where you are. So we will right. see. We'll see if he keeps proving us wrong. Uh, but the next hot take that Adam Jeffrey had here, and again, I don't have uh, a way of specifying it, but he said Mike Evans finishes – as a wide receiver one. So I don't know if he meant number one overall or just a wide receiver one in general. Uh, so would you say that's true or false on both of those accounts? So I know for a fact, because I am a proud Mike Evans owner in another league that he did not end up as the wide receiver one, except most of the season, he was the wide receiver one. Um, I think he ended up five, six, seven, somewhere in there. Um, so he was a wide receiver one and he looked, he looked amazing. And the fact that him and Chris Godwin were both wide receiver ones this year and like high end wide receiver ones is crazy. That's right. Yeah. So he did not finish as the number one overall wide receiver that would go to Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas, of course yeah. he, so Michael Thomas had 300.1 fantasy points and Mike Evans finished as a wide receiver one based off of our league scoring as a wide receiver 12 overall. So he just made the cutoff. He would have dropped because of the injury at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, He had 199.2 total fantasy points. And for comparison, Chris Godwin finishes the wide receiver two overall with 233.1. So it was actually really bunched up in that wide receiver one territory there, like with a 40 point difference. Yeah. And I think, you know, you had with Mike Evans, it was a lot of inconsistencies this season. And I think having Chris Godwin there uh, was a big cause for that. He had that that zero point game that was followed by like a 40 point game or something like that. And so, um, you know, that was he he was a little bit tough to own, whereas Michael Thomas may not have been putting up the uh, 40 point games, but he just did it week in and week out. And uh, Michael Thomas is amazing. But um, but I think going forward, Mike Evans is still I would consider him at least a top 10 wide receiver going, you know, into next year and and, and going forward, even with Chris Godwin on the team. And I think uh, especially if they keep Jameis, because Jameis just I mean, you know how he does. He's going to throw four interceptions a game, but he's going to sling it and throw 500 yards. And Mike Evans is going to be one of the big guys in that. So I like him a lot. Yeah, the Jameis Winston-Bruce Arians combination was everything we ever dreamed it could be. So as long as they have that intact with Evans and Godwin, I'm totally on board with both of them being a wide receiver one each season. Yep. You're going to have to watch out for Devontae Parker, though. He's he's the new wide receiver one. Now that's going to depend on their quarterback, if uh, Jordan Love can keep up that production. No, no, no. (laughs) I, I said... Ryan Fitzpatrick. That you're talking about two years from now, but I I said Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the quarterback next season. They just okay. brought in an offensive coordinator that has coached Ryan Fitzpatrick like four different times in his career, and he's also known for developing young quarterbacks. So it seems like the perfect the perfect uh, little storm here that I'm brewing up. But we'll see what happens. We'll see if Ryan they can do Fitzpatrick it. is one of my favorite players. He's he's, <laughs> he's awesome. I love him. I just love his just obscure NFL 
uh, history. He has kind of like Nick Foles has one of the most obscure things yeah. too. So I you like see seeing the, the other um, one be successful. The stat that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has beaten the Patriots as uh, on the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills, all three teams in that division. Yeah, that's incredible. I love it so much. <laughs> He's he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't even care. He deserves it over Philip Rivers and Eli Manning. <laughs> I yeah, I kind of agree with that. Although he doesn't really have the playoff appearances to back it, but come on, the guy's a legend. Yeah. I just think there there should be like a meme Hall of Fame, like a real life Hall of Fame for these guys like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Alex Caruso in the NBA and some of these guys that are just the biggest fan favorites. They they need their own Hall of Fame. I agree, and then you could add the up-and-coming Gardner Minshew to that Hall of Fame as well. There we go. (laughs) All right, so Adam Jeffries' last hot take here was his only homer hot take. So he said the Seattle defense will finish as a top DST. So there was no clarification to the DST uh, ranking exactly, but we'll say top 12. Would you say true or false? Top 12. That's tough. Um they were so on and off all year long. Um, I'm going to say false, but not by much, just because I don't feel like they had that many turnovers, really. Whereas, you know, a lot of the top teams just cause a ton of turnovers, but I could totally be wrong here. I really don't know. They were number 14 overall hey, based off of our me. league scoring. So they me. were just outside <laughs> the top 12 defenses. They had 124 total fantasy points. Um, they. For reference, the top defense, based off of our scoring format, was, of course, the Patriots. They had 232 fantasy points. And the Seahawks, week 16. <laughs> the Seahawks defense was even worse in the NFL because their total defense ranked as number 26. Wow. Okay. You yeah. know, they, they got a lot of guys at the end of the year that really helped them out, you know, Quadre Diggs and stuff like that. So I think next season they could be... Um, definitely up there, but wow, I'm surprised that I was as close as I was that I got it right on the, right on the head there because I really did not know that one. Well, I was surprised how close Adam Jeffries picks were. I mean, I mean, saying Nick Chubb, we knew he was going to be a higher running back, but saying leads the league in rushing yards is still kind of iffy with Kareem Hunt coming in too. And then Mike Evans finishing as a wide receiver one kind of safer, but still no guarantees there. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, Look to Adam Jeffrey for any future predictions. Don't look to me because I'm always wrong. Yeah, I mean, if if only he could have drafted those predictions, right? Right, exactly. But <laughs> trust me when I say next season is when Adam Jeffrey will finally bring it and he's he going to win it all. So. He seems yeah. to think so. So I'm, I'm rooting for him, not above myself, but I'm rooting Which for him. I think that I did end up jinxing the Seahawks, uh, at least jinxing Chris Carson, when I put in the chat, I said the Seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl. You heard it here first. The next uh, game, Chris Carson goes on IR. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I don't know. They they still can. I mean, they always seem to just be in every single game, no matter how many injuries they have, no matter you know who's at running back. We'll see if uh, Marshawn Lynch can. I would love to see him just get an 80-yard run on like the first play of the first playoff game or something like that. I think that would be so cool. But Wouldn't um, that be great? Yeah, it, it would be that. awesome. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they still they still have that chance. So uh, I'm not necessarily rooting against them. I, I mean, I kind of am. I'm an Arizona fan. I don't want them or the Niners to win. But uh, we'll just we'll just have to see what happens. 
join the Packer bandwagon, please. Yeah, <laughs> I might have to. We need all I the help we can I, get. I think I'm. I think I'm kind of gonna go with the Saints, though, man. I would love to see the Saints get there. Yeah, except they have to face the Packers if they beat the Vikings. So I can't root for them in that game, at least. Mm. I, you know, I think I might go with either of whichever team, either the Vikings or the or the Saints. But I, I might go with the Packers. I don't know. Well, let's go with uh, Super Bowl predictions. Who do you think the Super Bowl Bowl matchup will be Um, and who's going to win? I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be the Saints um, on the NFC side. The Niners could definitely get there, but uh, it would be tough. How cool would it be, though, really quick, if we saw that the the Patriots and the Niners go and you saw Jimmy G versus Tom Brady? I think that would be really fun, but... Um, I don't. I think the Patriots getting anywhere near the Super Bowl is not fun for me at all. No matter what the storyline is, I hate it. Um, you know they're gonna. You know it's gonna happen. No, so I think I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. Oh, I hope because I, I love the Titans now. Just because I love yeah. Ryan Tannehill and I love AJ Brown. I it's really Tannehill just those too. two. I mean, I, I really Tannehill respect. Too. Yeah, it's, I respect Derrick Henry, but I still am just salty at him for. Oh know. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I get it. So. Um, and, and honestly, if I'm looking at it from just an on-paper perspective, the Titans should win that game. There's, you know, how are the they've got a great defense, and how are the Patriots going to score? But you know, the Patriots are going to win. Um, I hate to do it. I'm going to go Patriots Saints. I just think they're going to figure out a way, no matter oh, what, and I'm disgusting. not going to root against them. No, I'll it give you disgusting, that, but I'll give you the Patriots winning against the Titans because it's. Coming off that loss to the Dolphins, and they lost their bye week. They're at mm-hmm. home in the playoffs. Bill Belichick's gonna just just destroy the Titans. He's gonna yep. just give them yep. everything they got. Yep. But I don't see him making it out of the divisional round. They would face the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs would beat them at Arrowhead because their defense has gotten so much better towards the end of the season. Aaron Matthews been awesome this year. He's been great. So I think the Chiefs will take out the Patriots. Um, but for my Super Bowl prediction, oh, that's a tough one because I think it's going to be the Ravens or the Chiefs. I know mm-hmm. one and two seed. How bold of me to predict one of those two. But um, yeah, you should go with the underdog Patriots. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> uh, I don't think that they'll get past either of those teams, but I'm going to go with the Ravens. I just I really like the Ravens. I like both teams a lot. It's hard for me not to root for either one of them. Yep. Which, but um, I think that whoever comes out of the AFC is going to win it all. I think it's either the Ravens or the Chiefs. I'll go with the Ravens, and I think I'm going to go with the 49ers. So I'm picking the two number one seeds, and I'm going to pick okay. the Ravens to win it all. Um, my reasoning is because the Saints in the playoffs on the road, not that good. I So I think the Packers could possibly upset them. Mm. I think they'll beat the Vikings in the Superdome. And then they'll face the Packers. I don't expect the Packers to win. But in Lambeau, it's hard for them to play. Drew Brees is not as good in playoff games that are away. Like, they lost to the Bears. What was that? The Bears Super Bowl season back in 2006 when they were at Soldier Field, even though the Saints were the better team. Um, So I could see the Packers sneaking out a victory there. The Packers, I don't think there's any way they beat the Niners, though. And the Saints, for the same reason, well, the Saints-Niners was really close. They could go either way, but I'm going to go with the Niners with the home field advantage there. So, Alrighty. Yeah I, think, yeah, I mean, for the AFC side, I think, and I said this last year with Pat Mahomes, I don't like 
young first-time quarterbacks in the playoffs. And even though it's Lamar Jackson and all the rest, there's just something that I, I, I don't – it always ends up not working out completely. And so, you know, that that's my only concern with the Ravens. And then, um, you know, like I said with the Chiefs, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I just can't root against the Patriots again, um, even though on paper, like I said, it should seem like they should just lose that first game. Um, but you know, you know that they won't. And then uh, I didn't. I, I, I guess I didn't predict my final Super Bowl. I think the Saints would pull out that game in in Miami against uh, the Patriots. So I'll give you that. If it's Saints Patriots, Saints I got the Saints winning that. But you know how happy you're making Jambrosa right now. That's like the opposite <laughs> of what you stand for. Hey, I got a lot of family back there too, man. So um, I'm uh, I'm not really rooting for them, but you know, I I, I can live to see another Patriots Super Bowl. Uh, I would. Uh, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't do it. Um, I would love it, to see the Titans go, though, if they do beat the Patriots. That's who I would probably root for. Me too. And, and if the Packers somehow manage to stumble into the Super Bowl, which I think is possible, not likely. I don't think it's likely mm-hmm. they beat the Saints and the Niners. If, But if they somehow made it in there, there's absolutely no way they're going to beat the Chiefs or the Ravens. They would get just destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so especially that run defense. Oh my god. Yeah. On, the, on either side. I just there's no way. Although we did beat the Chiefs earlier, but that was without Mahomes, so it doesn't mm. really count. <laughs> well, All right, hey, well, if you if you gotta face Chad Kelly in the Super Bowl, you might have a chance. That's true. And uh <laughs> so even though my team might not end up winning the championship this year, at least they have a shot. And we had a lot of champions in our league, too, by the way. Even though it was in other leagues, you won our league. But mm-hmm. I don't know what happened with Jambrosa. I know he was in a close matchup in one of his championship games. I don't know if he lost because of Mike Boone or not. We'll have to check in with him on that one. But I know Adam Jeffrey ended up coming in second in two leagues. And then I was able to somehow pull off a win where Chris Carson was hurt and I won by like two points. That's awesome. So yeah, I pulled yeah. off a championship there and JM Pincus. I know he won in another league too. So yeah. we got a league of champions here. I and love that JM Pincus sounds like he walked away with a, with a little bit of nice money from that. So congratulations to him. And then I came in second place in another league uh, with the Mike Boone situation, but I honestly couldn't care less because I was able to win in this league and I didn't really care about that one very much. So um, but yeah, congratulations to everybody who was able to win or at least, you know, get into the championship in, in those leagues. And uh, we got some real ballers in this league, man. So it's going to be competitive next year. I'm excited. Me too. And, uh, this is going to be a wrap on the podcast for this season. I probably will, at least for the time being, don't plan on recording another episode until it's time to review the draft. Probably we'll see if that changes. Maybe if I get antsy and I want to do a surprise <laughs> episode if I come up with something, we'll see. So uh, thanks for coming on today, being our final guest. Thanks for bringing in an awesome new league mate. I'm really looking forward to the next season. And do you have any final words for our yeah, final Yeah, I mean, I just, again, like always, thanks for having me on. I love love doing this. Um, and I'm looking forward to when the podcast and the league starts back up next season. Uh, look out and call my shot on Jordan Love. So it's going to happen. And uh, I'm excited to... Uh, get into drafting, like you said, and even vote on some rules. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Welcome, everybody, to 2020. Happy New Year. Let's make it a great one.